taking command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. Taking command of America Jerusalem delivered the American Revolution through God's eye. Scene 1, Ireland, 1845, 2 a.m., very dark. From a distance, we see a fire, smoke billowing up from a rooftop of a very large Irish baronial manor set amongst a grove of trees with parklands. There are two men in their early 60s on horseback on a knoll looking down at the fire. Man number one, the Marquis Westport seat. How family relations. Man number two, the general, Sir William, passed on these 30 years now. Silence as they watch the flames. Number one, no one like Commander Sir William Howe as an executive soldier, all fire and activity, brave and cool he was like Caesar. Silence as he holds back some strong emotion that is undetected by the second man. The first man, no truer heroic son of England. Number two, I wonder the cause of this fire. No one has been staying there much. One, ever since the Marquis had a chest of papers sent over from his wife's Sligo estate, I see, number two says. One said with veiled dislike, yes, someone who wanted to keep Sir William's Revolutionary War history, his children's history, and that trunk filled with his and his admiral brother's papers secret. The second man, the general had children? The first one smiles and nods as the other man starts to wonder. The second man, was Sir William politically motivated to help America as rumor has it? Or did he feel that the Americans were of the same source as he, from whence he derived all of his authority and power? Ah, the first man says, you have read Captain Charles Stedman's book and see more into its meaning than most. Yes, the second man says, Stedman was there and served under General Percy. He was a mason, but not in the inner circle, not a master mason. 
correct, the first man says. Was General Howe a mason? The first one smiles, a master mason. The second one turns toward and fully takes in his friend. John, did not Stedman say it cannot be denied but that the American army lay almost entirely at the will of the English? Then how? The first man, John, smiles, nodding his head and gives himself away briefly as the back of his hand rises to his mouth. Well then, the second man says, there seems to be a secret cause underlying the American affair. Rather, John says, one must be a son. He fingers now a ring on a necklace beneath his clothes of the craft to perceive it. What level, his friend asks. Templar, John says, one must be raised up to know. Now the camera is in a study as it begins to flame. Fine wood paneling in a large library is seen. There are titles of old war books, Freemasonry books, like Wilmhurst, The Meaning of Masonry, and other titles from that period. We see the general's Masonic items in a case, an English Masonic Knights Templar jeweled eight-pointed star, an English Knights Templar apron, and there is a map of the city of Washington, 1792. Indicated on the map are the octagonal patterns centered upon the White House and Capitol. The camera draws in on the map where we see written in a very fine hand at the bottom, thank you, my Masonic brother, George Washington. And now the fire engulfs the map and begins to burn a blue scroll and a number of letters tied in pink ribbon with a large E on an attached card. Next to the flame now are two small paintings. One is of a beautiful blonde woman, very fashionably dressed, and the other is of a soldier of high rank who looks to his right as if at her. Further on before the flames is a painting of two small boys. One bears a striking resemblance to the features of the young soldier, and beneath that painting is a handwritten name and title. The title is written with a slightly irregular older person's hand, for it was added later. Admiral John Wentworth Loring Howe. Knight's Order of the Bath. The fire engulfs a large wooden trunk with the house crest on it, and then the room is ablaze and the entire screen. Appearing on the screen and script over this fiery background are the words. In reviewing the actions of God's heroic men, the historian is often at a loss to conjecture the secret cause that gave those actions birth. And now we hear 
John Adams speak the words he wrote to Thomas Jefferson after the war. Who shall write the history of the American Revolution? Who can write it? Who will ever write it? Thomas Jefferson's reply was, nobody, except perhaps the external facts. Until now. On the screen we see taking command, God's heroically romantic true myth of America's revolution. And we see a pyramid with an eye. Beneath it are the words, the American Revolution through God's eye. America was sure designed to be the sacred refuge of mankind. So long as a hundred of us are left alive, we will never in any degree be subjected. It is not for glory or riches, neither for honors that we fight. It is for the sake of liberty alone, which no true man loseth, but at the cost of his life. <laughs>